0: If you have your Bibles, I'm reading from Matthew chapter 6. Thank you. We'll let the organ take it. Amen. Pray for all the people tonight. This is a great group that we have, and some folks are traveling, and some folks work different shifts. Some folks are very ill. And cannot be here we we say to all of our guests please pardon some of the construction that's going on and we hope to have a little better entrance here in the next few months There are many places that I could have begun here. I sought the Lord to give me what he thought I should say as a, a read, as a text. The Bible is replete with a very similar message. and um, It's woven throughout the scripture, the Old and New Testaments there is sufficient evidence of of this word even in our sanctuary tonight. The lives and testimonies of the people that are here. So I begin here with Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 just as a means of context. And we're jumping in already but i felt like it would be okay to start with this verse just to get us to verse seven this is the instruction of jesus so if you have a bible that has red letters this was the lord speaking because we all know that jesus spoke in red letters some folks only trust the red letters they don't trust the black letters just want everyone to know that the same men that wrote the black letters wrote the red letters, but when they wrote it, they didn't even write it in red. As far as I know. Just helping you. Here's the Lord. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. This is a very interesting thought, and I'll, we'll get to this. Verse 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. Amen. Don't use vain repetitions. Pray, your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before. An interactive church. I love all the people of all denominations Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalians, Catholics, Jehovah's Witness, Methodist, all of them. Folks love all of them. But this is an interactive church. We know that because we need more room at the altar because people regularly leave their seat and come to the front so I would hope that you would stay interactive while I'm preaching because this word requires a reply amen (laughs) amen oh yes praise God everybody said in Jesus name he's a good God He's a good God. Wait a second. He's not going to get better. He's as good as he's ever going to get. You're just going to find out that he's better than you thought he was. You ain't even find out, found out yet how good he's going to be. He's better than you thought he was yesterday. And when you get to the place you think that he can't get any better, he's better than that. Oh, yes. Now. I'm sitting in your session, Brother Foster, and I'm holding my, my word back. But as you were teaching this morning in Morning Manna, I wrote it down because you provoked me to write it as you were teaching. And I wrote the little thought to myself. I realized it was to myself. There's a fine line between the message and the messenger. The fine line. I got to keep it in balance because while I believe there should be integrity here and there should be uprightness here and that I have to fulfill the commission of a bishop and an elder that my house is in order and that I should have prayerful consideration to the word and study to show myself approved the message has very little to do with the quality of the messenger and the idolization of the messenger has caused great conflict among the people you are teaching this today so I'm taking heed because what I'm going to say has nothing to do with me and everything to do with him don't superimpose the quality of the message on the ability or the lack of ability of the messenger it's God's word and let God be true and every man a liar One of the one of the one of the deficiencies that I have as the pastor is that you know me and I know you. But if an evangelist or a new guy walked in and started preaching this, you would say, Whew, I don't know where he got that. He got it from the same place I got it. All right, all right. All right. Amen. Everybody said amen. Turn to your neighbor and say something nice to them, and then you may be seated. Love, little love give a love tap Mm. all right here's the word pray don't use vain repetitions your father knows what you have needed before you ask This seems to be contradictory. Pray. Jesus gives specifics in prayer. Of course, at the time, he had to pause to openly rebuke the pattern of the Pharisees. As I read through the Scripture, it seems as if Jesus takes every opportunity to impugn every action of those religious men. He calls them out, vipers, vipers. Full of dead man's bones. Vain repetitions. Makes them angry. Almost seems on purpose. He says to them at times. Before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> he even knows their response. There were many times they took up stones. They would have killed him. But they feared for the people. Jesus says in verse 7. When you pray, Speak. Tell it. Say it with discernible words. But there's the next verse. For your father knows what you have need before you ask. Pray, but he already knows what you need. Give it to God straight. But he already knows what you're going to say. But say it. He already knows, but say it. Tell it. Spread it out before him. Lay it out. Here's the word of the Lord. If you're going to pray, say what you need and present to God where you are. Amen. And everybody said amen. Amen. Listen, it may take you a lot less time to speak clearly than what you think. But if all you say in prayers, hallelujah, 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 bless you, bless you. You know, Lord, you know. Yes, he does know. Stop telling him he does know and tell him what you know. Oh, I'm messing everybody up. I already messed you up today. I'm going to mess you up tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm preaching spread out. Give it out. Spread the letter. Here's the word of God. God allowed Saul to be the king. Saul failed. God anointed David. David was the king. He gave it to Solomon. Solomon built himself up. At the end, he recovered, but the kingdom was already fractured. Solomon has long since died now, and the kingdom has been divided for these many years. There is a new king in Israel who appears to be of little consequence. There's another king in Judah, his name is Hezekiah. The north and the south kingdoms both tend to lean on the Lord, but there are many discrepancies of the which I will not explore tonight. When Hezekiah becomes king, he's a young 25-year-old man. He assumes the throne in Judah. As opposed to Israel. He begins so very well. He's full of obedience and submission. He is submissive to the attending prophet that God has placed over his life. He does the right thing. In fact, the Bible says in verse 3 of 2 Kings 18. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father did. Of course, he's connected to David his father because... The last king to do right was David. Here's verse 5. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. Hezekiah has reached back now to David, but also to Moses He is an extension of these great men, patriarchs of the Most High God. Everybody still with me? Hezekiah. He's 25 years old. Now he's on the throne. But four years after he took that throne, he saw great conflict in the land. The city of Samaria had been surrounded. The king of Assyria came up against Samaria and besieged it. They surrounded it. They cut off all of the exports and the imports. No one could get in or out. Whatever they had to eat, they ate it until there was no food left. Whatever water they would drink, they either had to dig for it or they prayed for rain. The enemy starved them out and Hezekiah was witness to it, even from afar. And three years after that, After the city was besieged, it collapsed due to hunger. It was laid to waste in so many ways. Hezekiah watched as Israel was slaughtered and many of them made prisoners, taken back to Assyria. The king of Assyria deported the people of Israel by the masses and made them into prisoners, beat them all the way home. Those battles and the remnants of war left a scar on the entire land. No one could believe how grotesque the people of Samaria had become. They had lost all form of basic humanity. You do not want to know that. Hezekiah saw it and it cut him very deep. It's a sight that he would not soon forget. When Hezekiah was still a young man, now he's 39 years old. 14 years after he assumed the throne, another king named Sennacherib. He attacked all the fortified cities of Judah. He captured them, the Bible says. We can only assume that the same treatment was given to them, to the people of Judah, his own people, as as was given to the people of Israel. Hezekiah is about to make some mistakes, in fact, a series of mistakes. Once again, I must bypass the totality of his lack of faith and his dismantling of the sacred things of the temple. I don't have time to tell all of it. I guess, however, it's easy to find fault in other people when you haven't lived their life. My caution to all of us is that we never think that we are above similar failures or missteps. Don't ever think that you're better than someone else. Because if a man thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. You are never as sure as you think you are. So the Bible says, pay attention. Don't get overconfident in what you think you know or where God has put you. It was always by the grace and mercy of God anyway, not because of your intellectual prowess or your ability or that God just so desperately needed you because there was nobody like you. (laughs) That ain't flying. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my time here a moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hezekiah has watched the nation of Israel fall to the Assyrians and now his own people are being taken these walled cities, in fact the Bible says fenced cities are crumbling before his eyes the reports are devastating and he begins to negotiate with this wicked king he makes deals with him Hezekiah began to make concessions thinking that it will suffice or solve the issue. Somehow he believes that if he gives in a little, the enemy will leave them alone. So he gives up treasure and gold and the holy things that belong to God. Hezekiah is not alone. The ages have told the same stories of compromise by a host of good-hearted, maybe well-intentioned people. Just remember... Everybody remember. Young people remember. Young adults remember. Dad, remember. Mother, remember this. Whoever you are here, remember this. The enemy of your soul will never be satisfied with your concession. If you give him, are you ready? If you give him your Wednesday night Bible study time, he'll ask you for Sunday night. If you give up your Sunday night, he'll ask you for Sunday morning. If you give up teaching a Sunday school class, he'll be after your choir membership. When he gets done with that, he'll be after your worship. He's a thief. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can take your faith in people away, and in the Bible away, and in the eldership away, he'll strip you of faith in everything. He'd like to wipe you out. Don't ever make a concession, not a little bit. He'll never be satisfied. And to that end, the enemy will never leave you alone. The world will never leave you alone. There's always something enticing to you. Hear me, young people, young men. The world will always entice you. All, they're always going to make up something new to lure you in to the world that they live in. Oh my The world is a bottomless pit. There is no amount of compromise that will be the end to its insatiable appetite to strip you of everything that is holy and belongs to God. Yes, Hezekiah will learn this lesson the hard way because at the end of the giveaways, the enemy still wanted more, even more than that, and more than that. The details of Judah's coming demise is now going to be written down in a letter. And sent to Hezekiah. And Hezekiah turns to his most trusted advisors. The king's own advisors. And he says, This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace. As when children come to the point of birth and there is no strength to deliver them. As if they die in the womb. This is the kind of day it is. Sennacherib has done more than just send messages of threats. He has proof of his destructive power. And after all is said and done, the flickering campfires of the Assyrian armies lay just beyond the hillside. It's a clear distinction and indication that the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, is on his way. All of those men are gathered there. They're ready. They're camped outside of Judah. But before he arrives to destroy the lot of the people, The enemy writes a letter and sends it to Hezekiah. The letter has details, proof, facts mixed with lies. That's always a hard one. Letters that have details and facts scattered among the lies. He writes, don't depend on your God to save you. He didn't save Samaria. We took that city. We besieged that city. He writes, Surely you have heard what we did to all the surrounding countries and nations. We destroyed them completely. So who do you think is going to deliver you? Here's verse 11. Who's coming to help you when no one came to help them? Yeah. Seneca writes the letter. This is what he wrote. He's writing, use the same logic people have died in every corner of this land we killed them with the sword we starved them out we besieged them so who's going to save you no one else was delivered it's in the letter it's in the letter facts written with a threat written written with a lie who's going to save you where is the king of hamath where is the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Zeraphim, or of Hina, or of Ava? It's more than just a report. It is layered with facts intended for fear. There's a letter that is meant to make you give up. And that is the intent of the devil here tonight. He cannot defeat you, but he can overwhelm you. He cannot kill you, but he can put you in major distress. He does not use things that are foreign to you. There's proof, he says. Look around. He tells you. It didn't happen for them. It didn't happen for that family. They prayed and I overtook them. It's a letter and it is reality. And Though Hezekiah has made some critical mistakes, there is something inside of him that still speaks of sincerity. Because Hezekiah receives the letter. He receives the letter. And then he went to the temple of the Lord. And he spread it out before the Lord. He spread the letter out before the Lord. I rise to say to all the people of the Most High God, it's time to stop hiding. We have some issues here that need to be exposed. Fear and faithlessness and lust and jealousy and envy and lack of affirmation and discontentedness and emotional wounds and so many more reside in this place. Some people sit in here, but you are mad and angry at God. It's time for you to spread it out before the Lord and take that letter and spread it out before the Lord It's time for you to get real. It's time for us to get real We cannot afford to be passive Pentecostals acting like we are all together when we know we are not It's time for the church to get real. Hey, if you're a hypocrite It's time to get right if you're discouraged It's time to get built up if you are in the back It's time to get to the front if you think you're the head. It's time to be the servant And I say you, I say tonight that Hezekiah finally got real. I want to tell you, yes, he made mistakes. Yes, he did things he shouldn't have done. Yes, he stripped the golden doors off of the temple and gave it away as a concession. And the Bible says he gave all the silver out of the treasury. What a great mistake he made. But even though he made that mistake I stand here to say he got real with God and he got a letter from the enemy and the enemy wrote out all the things that were true where's the king of Hamath where's the king of Zaraphan where's the king of apa where are all the kings he knew they had destroyed all those kings and he knew they had taken over Samaria but the devil was after something he's after his faith and he's after his devotion and Hezekiah got right with God and went to the temple and spread out the Letter. <laughs> and he said, Sennacherib and his people have laid waste to the entire nations. <laughs> Let me read Hezekiah's confession, verse 17. Of a truth, the kings of Assyria had destroyed the nations and their land. Of a truth. Can somebody say of a truth? Come on, of a truth. It's true. Cancer kills. Abuse scars. Divorce fractures. Words can hurt. Lies against you can ruin everything. It's true. Lust corrupts and it's true I need help all that hiding all that cloaked and little clapping and praising and come to church and dropping a little tithing in the offering as if it's a due to pay membership it is not I want to tell you do the right thing but don't hide who you are and where you are the Lord knows exactly what you need even before you open up your mouth to tell him I got a letter from Hezekiah. I got a letter from Zanacarab. I got to open up the letter. I got to get right with God. Here's the problem. I got to spread it all out before the Lord. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Dear Hezekiah, I'm coming to kill you. To whom it may concern, I wiped out everybody else. I'm coming to wipe you out, and your God can't help you. That's a lie. There's a truth and a lie. The truth is that he has destroyed many people, and not everybody has gotten what they needed, but the lie is that your God cannot help you. So I stand in defense of the holy God of Israel. He is the saving God. He is the helping God. I do need to spread out the truth and say, it's time for me to get some help. Yay! Yeah. Listen, it's more than a report. It's layered with facts intended for fear. There's a letter that is meant to make you give up. That's the intent of the devil. He cannot defeat you, but the intent of the devil is to overwhelm you with facts and then institute and insert doubt and lies. Hezekiah received the letter for the messengers. He read it, Second Kings chapter 19, verse 14. He spread it out before the Lord, and he got real. And he said, of a truth, of a truth, spread the letter. Pray, your father already knows what you have need of, but the directive to this body is to pray. He commands you to say what he already knows. Let me do it again. He commands you to say out of your mouth what he already knows. I'm not sure, but I think it's because when you say it, you're admitting that you don't have it all together and you need help. Because my inclination is, well, if you already know it, Lord, why do I have to say it? Well, if you already know what I'm going to say, if you already know my problem, why why don't you just give me the answer? But he's commanded me, say, when you pray, say, tell everything you know, lay it all out before God. Whatever the enemy says, you lay that out before the Lord too, because your father already knows what you had to say. I think it's because when I open up my mouth and confess that I need him, then he is able to deal with me. Jesus said, don't use vain repetitions. Not with babblings. Not with moaning and groaning. Not poor me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Say what you've done. Say where you are. Say what you need. And show God the letter. Write it down. I feel like telling somebody tonight, you will not surprise God when you confess to him what you're struggling with. He's never going to say, "Woo, I don't know about you. And furthermore... You're not going to hurt your chances of being healed or being helped if you tell on yourself like it really is. Because I feel like there's a lot more addictions in here than just drugs and alcohol. I feel like we got some other hangups between just substance abuse. Not to discredit substance abuse, because some of you are struggling with substance abuse. And I want to tell you, you don't have to be afraid to admit it. Ah, <sighs> Oh yes, had some folks come to new life, and they said, "Well, h- how's the church? What's the church like?" And I said, "Ooh, we got a lot of problems." <laughs> I just wanted to spell all the news, all the reports of the like church is going good. I said, "Oh, we got a lot of problems. We got all kinds of issues. We got people coming in with all kinds of struggles." I said, "Don't don't look on the outward of these folks. You know, they dress up in their nice ties, and we got all this going on. I like all that. It's good. It's traditional stuff. But don't worry about that because we got a lot of hang-ups and hurts and pains and all kinds of things in our past, and people have been abused." And, people have been molested and people still struggle with things and people question their mind whether God loves them and whether or not they fit or whether they should be. We got all kinds of stuff. I just want to spell it right now because I'll tell you why we're here. We're not here because we got good. We're here because we got God. We're not here because we earned it. We're here because he bought our way into it. I didn't get saved, and then it was over. I got saved, but then I got to keep on being saved because sometimes my foot loses its footing, and I got to get back on the right track. And even the best of the best of us struggle in our minds and in our hearts. And I want to tell you, if you got an addiction, write it down and bring it before God. If you got a pain, you got a jealousy, you got an issue, don't be afraid to confess it before the Lord. He already knows. So instead, say, Lord, this is what it is. Instead of saying, now, Lord, you know where I struggle. And you know what it is that I'm struggling. See, we become experts at general prayers so that we don't incriminate ourselves before the Heavenly Father. Now, Lord, you know all of my problems. I don't have to repeat them. That's not what Jesus said. (laughs) Oh, 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 no. You know, sometimes I preach counterculture, but I'm preaching counter-Pentecostalism tonight. Because I've learned Pentecostalism all of my life. I'm a very young, almost somewhere in the ages of some time. Depressed a little bit about that. And I've heard... How we learn how to pray so that we don't sound very bad, not that bad, in our own ears. Even when no one's around. Now, when people are around, we are really on guard. I thank you for your goodness in my life, Lord. You know all of my needs, Lord. Just I'm just gonna wrap them up like a big burrito. Just squish them all together because we're afraid that we can tell God all about our trouble. I like what the saints used to sing about. They used to sing about giving God and telling him about all our trouble. And then they would name their issue and name what they were going through. The problem is we've gotten so good at covering up ourselves; they become vain repetitions over and, over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then we make excuses. Well, the reason why I'm like this. It's because, but the problem is, you will never outfox the Father. So I want you to tell. I want to say, say, wake up! Your Father already knows what you've struggled with, and He already knows, and He also knows what you've compromised. Uh already knows that you gave away some of the most precious and sacred things that should not have been given away. He already knows your weaknesses. And even when you're in a pitiful state, but let me tell you about him. He doesn't hate you for it. (laughs) He knows when you prayed but you didn't believe in the prayer. He knows when you gave but you didn't give all. He knows when you clapped but it wasn't really for him. It was because everyone else was doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh He knows when you danced and worshipped, but you weren't worshipping him. You were putting on a show for other people. Hey, do we, do we, do we want to get real? i like to get real here tonight. I want to take this letter. I'm gonna spread it out before the Lord. I'm gonna say I, we got some problems here, Lord. We got the enemy coming against our families. There's marriages that are in trouble in this house. We're speaking in tongues on Sunday night, and we got broken and fractured homes on Monday. We got people saying how good God is on Sunday morning, and saying cuss words on Tuesday. We got. We got attacks from the outside that's always trying to tear the church apart and people who don't have enough sense to know that's the design of the enemy. I'm writing my letter before God. I'm putting it all in. Here's my problems. Here's the problems I'm dealing with. And here's my compromises that I shouldn't have made. See, you're facing the enemy. So you shouldn't hide the details of your situation and I'm preaching tonight. Spread the letter. See, God is not afraid of the letter. God is not deterred by the news. If you tell him, I've been angry at you, Lord, because of something, that's okay. He already knew that you were angry. Now you get to repent for being angry because you're not God. He's sovereign. See, our enemies and our trouble, all of our affliction now and to come are no match for the power of the Most High God. God is not a God who holds grudges. Oh, I'm preaching the word here. He'll cast your sin as far as the east from the, is from the west. He's more gracious than you can ever define. Spread the letter. And of course, you'll say you're not worthy. Because that's also a nice catchphrase among the Pentecostals. But guess what? God knows you're not worthy. He knew you weren't worthy before you said you weren't worthy. So when you say you're not worthy, say it with humility, not with pride. Because some people say, I'm not really worthy, I'm not really worthy. But they feel like they're worthy. (laughs) They just say it to kind of detract from their pride. I'm just looking down at my nose because I don't want to look up at anybody right now. But God already knew that you weren't worthy. He knew you weren't worthy before he even brought you in and made you worthy. In fact, the only reason why you could be worthy is because of him. But if you think that you're worthy, then you lose your worthiness. That's why he said of the enemy, Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, Hezekiah said, save us out of his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord, the Lord God, even thou only. Here's why I want you to save us, not for my benefit, not just because we're good. I want this victory to be yours so everybody knows. Hear me, I want you to spread out the letter, whatever it is, if it's you or if it's someone else, and you can be healed, not because you just need it, but because you are, de- you are declaring that God is, is the Lord over all the earth. Yeah. I want to get real. Facts of the facts and the details is to put the Lord before everything. He already knows everything. He knew before Hezekiah showed the letter to him. God knew what the letter was going to say before the enemy wrote the letter. But Hezekiah had to spread it out. There's something about total reliance upon God. I wish the church would get back to total reliance upon God. I need you. I need you. Oh Lord, every day, every hour, I need you. I've got to have you, 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 I've got to have you. And when he went before the Lord and got real with God and said, Lord, I know I need you. I know it's not about me anymore. I see the scarred land. I see the other cities that have been overtaken. But there's an enemy after us, Lord. Uh, and when he got done. the voice of the prophet came. And here's what your Bible says. Then Isaiah, the the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. You know that thing you've been talking to me about? I have heard. (sighs) Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I'm going to tell you what. When you get real with God, there's a few words you want the Lord to say back to you. I got trouble. I got trouble coming my way. I got my own issues inside of my heart. I don't know what I'm going to do. And when the Lord comes back to you and says, you know that thing you've been praying about? Here's some comforting words. Mm Mm-hmm. I got it. I'm going to tell you, if the Lord ever says to you, I have heard, you might as well just get up and start dancing right now. You might as well just declare the battle over and the enemy defeated. Yeah. If you get the word that God replies to you about the thing you've been battling with, either of your own making or of the enemy, really, if truth be known. This was of his own making, because if he had not compromised the first time and gave away everything to the Lord, he'd have been able to face down Zanacarab long before Zanacarab came to destroy him. When you spread out the letter and you get real with the Holy Ghost, He already knows anyway. I got lust in my heart, Lord. I got lust in my heart, Lord. I'm having trouble. With some addiction, Lord. How about this one? Lord, you know I got a problem blabbing my mouth. I got feet that are swift to mischief. I accuse the brethren. (laughs) I always make the excuse, I don't say anything, I just listen. Mm. Mm, You're in trouble. Because that means your head's full of garbage. That means you've entertained the host of the enemy, the accuser and the naysayer and the person who tries to destroy the very elect of God. You're not truthful. You better spread out the letter. That's of your own making. And you better get it before God and say, Lord, I got some trouble. There's some facts and there's some lies. And it's made me disheartened. In fact, it's kind of like a baby that's about to be born and dies in the womb. Dear brothers of New Life Fellowship. I'm going to mess up your marriage. Your kids. Everyone's going to hate you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to accuse you. And this is what you do. You spread that letter out before the Lord. See, See the enemy's done. You know what the enemy's done, Lord? He has been messing with me all this time. So Lord, would you take care of this? Because I want you to be glorified. I want everyone to know... You are a great God. I got trouble. I don't know what to do. I feel all this stuff coming at me. But Lord, would you be the great God that you are? Hey, and God says, I have heard. Who heard? Who was the one that he heard? He is the Lord God omniscient. Out of his eyes are a flaming fire. His vesture is dipped in blood. And there's a great white horse that he's riding on. He is the king immortal. The invisible only wise God. There's nobody like him. He spoke the world into existence. And then stepped out on the cosmos that he made. He's not a God of time. He's the God before and after time. Who heard? Who heard? He is the great God. There is no God like him. And his name is above every other name. You can tell me I want to help you but I cannot help you if I hear that you've got an issue and I say I've heard I don't have a solution. I might have a few things to say but I have no solution. But if God hears it. Wait, hey, we don't have the we don't have the resources. We don't have the resources. We don't have the know-how. We don't have the medications. We don't have the science. We don't have the enough counselors. We don't, we don't have the wisdom to deal with these things. It's so complex. The myriad of people's lives right now, it's worse than all of the cumulative episodes of every soap opera every, ever invented or created. The lives of people, they're struggling. We struggle within and without, with ourselves, with media, with entertainment, with the world, with the spirit of the age. There's no... There's no way I can answer all of your problems. They are so complex. You give me a problem. It's not just that. There's, there's, there's tributaries rolling off of all those things. I don't even know the answer. But I do know somebody who has the answer. You can tell me, but you've got to tell God. And you've got to lay it out before God. He has the answer. And if your God says, I have heard, you ought to be dancing and shouting. that the Lord is telling somebody in this house I have heard I have heard your prayer and God said verse 32 that's what the Lord said concerning the king of Assyria he ain't coming in this city there won't even be one arrow shot here He will not come before it with a shield. He's not even going to build a siege ramp against it, verse 32. He's not even going to get a chance to surround you. God said the enemy is going to go home the same way he came. For I will defend this city. That must have been the evening time when he prayed. It must have been at night time when he prayed. See, what the devil don't know and the enemy doesn't know are the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of angels that God has at his disposal. He can just kind of wink over at one of them. He can wipe out your affliction in a single night. Nobody has 185,000 problems. (laughs) Nobody. But on a single night, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord rose up. And the Bible says that night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning. What the devil does not know is that the Lord has all power. But what the people need to know is that you've got to get real real with God. I'm going to tell you, in one day, in one night, he can solve all of the issues you think cannot be solved. you got to spread out the letter. I'm feeling this right now. I'm feeling like you've been praying and God has said, I heard... I have heard I, <laughs> I have heard where are you at brother Greg? Come up here. Come up here. Hey, could you just do me a favor? I know this is not I know this is not in your wheelhouse, man. Left brain engineer, whew, you know. Last time you had a chill, it was like the Star Spangled Banner. No, no, I'm sorry when you when you when you got a new program for your computer like whew, I want you to do this. I want you to shout a little bit as you're coming up. Because you've been praying. You prayed for a long time. (laughs) And the Lord said, I have heard. 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 heard. Hey. Come on, sweet wife. Come up here. (laughs) Ha ta ta da ba sha ya ba ta ba sa ta da ba hita da ba sha ya bo sa ta ya ba You don't have to dance sister can if you want to Doctor said, no way. Tried, 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 tried. We just went a different way. We just got all the foster kids. We're so great for that. Great for that. Adopted a bunch of beautiful children. We love all of them. But the Lord said, I have heard. I have heard. Him. He's greater than the doctor. He's greater than your body. He's greater than the medicine. He's greater than the science. He's greater i have heard i have heard you ought never stop shouting because the lord has heard and you ought to be a witness that there's no god like the god of abraham isaac and jacob and his name is above every name Woo! Woo! <sighs> I'll tell you what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that we get too comfortable in the miracle and we don't understand. You gotta stop. You gotta pause. You gotta recognize the miracle because it is a miracle. So instead of believing the report of the enemy when the enemy says it didn't happen to them and it didn't happen to them you go back and say yes but it happened to them and I know others they got them miracles reaping me do for a night but joy comes in the morning and all the people ought to praise him wait hey what did you guys do that was so great that the Lord answered your prayers after how many years oh 14 years 14 years later and the Lord said I've heard this I have heard I'm going to tell you what it was only by the goodness of the Lord Craig come on let's get real it was only by Jesus that did that yes, where's the rest of your kids at hey come on all the kids come up here all the kids all right. yeah Carter hey that's, that was." The, Love these kids. Look at this beautiful family. Look at these beautiful kids. Thank you. Thank you. You guys ready to change more diapers? Are you ready to change your diaper, huh? They're terrible. You even know what I'm talking about? Whew, dear God in heaven, help this guy. I want to tell you with the goodness of the Lord. The whole earth is filled with the goodness of the Lord. I'm calling on the Lord God Almighty. Just send one angel. He can wipe out the whole mess in one night. And when you wake up the next morning, you're going to know that the Lord has heard. Okay. Who has caused themselves trouble and some conflict? Anybody? Okay. See, there you go. There you it was so good until we had to confess. <laughs> we were working so well until I had to say, mm, I got a little trouble. I like to hear bad news. Don't raise your hand. I know you're in here. I got a little trouble. My loyalty to the Lord is kind of divided because I like a little bit of the world. You don't have to raise your hand those of you who are in this house you worship and you praise but you don't think that a little alcohol throughout the week is dangerous especially if no one knows I'm going to tell you you got trouble you're hurting yourself but I'm going to tell you about a, a savior who's gracious you got to come and tell him I got a problem Lord I got a problem with compromise and self-justification and God is going to help you. And what you want to do is lay it out. And when you're done laying it out, you'll pray that he'll just make himself known so he gets all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. This is a hard altar call to make. I don't even know who wants to come up here. If I, were, if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't come. I'd wait for that other guy. I'd wait for a bunch of people that I'd stand like in the row kind of put my foot out. And I understand some of you are professional Pentecostals. God love you. Keep on coming. See, the problem is, I've been around this too long and I've seen too many good men and women never get real and honest with God. And then when they fell, everyone said, What happened? And you thought it was overnight. It was not overnight. It's been going on a long time. We just learned how to hide ourselves real well. Because we know how to hide bitterness and anger and malice and wrath in our hearts. And still do this. I'm going to tell you right now. we got to get right with God. Spread out the letter of your own making. And say right now Jesus I'm going to get truthful with you because I want to be clear and I got a word for you. When you get honest with God he's got three things he's going to say to you and those three words are this I have heard. Just pray it right now in the name of Jesus I pray. I'm here to confess everything before you Lord. You know me but I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to be ashamed or embarrassed. I'm embarrassed I'm ashamed but I'm not going to I'm not going to be so ashamed and embarrassed not to say it. It's not going to be vain repetitions. Forgive me just repeating holy, holy, holy and hallelujah a thousand times. When you know you've been wanting me to get serious with you, Lord. I'm spreading out before you. Okay, if if you don't want to do this full blast volume, then just whisper it under under your breath what it is you need to tell God say it say it out of, in Jesus name say it in Jesus name how about a little volume for the music just a little volume we're we'll just we're just doing some some honest conversation now Lord this is who I am this is what I've made this is the trouble I'm in these are the issues that I've got yes yes